Sometimes I just put them on and then I forget to actually like connect them. Okay, now they're connected. Okay, you sound crisp. How do I sound? You sound crisp. Crisper than my St. Dominic's white t-shirt. Oh my goodness, what an error. Yes. I thought you were going to say crisper, like Cas9, C-R-N-A. Oh, it's okay. You've lost heart. How can we leave this as, as a, like a podcast opener? I feel like people need no, to No, but you want to. Oh, come on. You weren't supposed to say that. You were just going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasize. I should just, I should keep quiet. Then I should have texted you. She's like, Rahel, that, that yeah. beginning is really funny. Anyways. <laughs> Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dialogue Podcast. This is episode four. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is both of us this time, Asande and myself. Both of us? We both yeah, made it. Both made it. I'm excited to be back with her talking about a myriad of topics. So, Asande, where do like you... Huh? I feel like, like, you know when you can say a vast number of topics or a lot of topics and then you're like a myriad a plethora yes anyway <laughs> okay go on Let's keep um, where do you wanna where do you wanna hit us off very serious not so it's kind of funny though it's 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 funny in a very dark way kind of a thing the first topic mm. am i right what, um, what is it, it, it you know i'm looking at the script now and it says Okay, you know, we're going to talk about North Korea and how Kim Jong-un was allegedly dead. Now they're saying he's alive. Now they're like, whoop. But you know what's really funny? Like on Twitter, the hashtag Kim Jong-un dead trended. But then people read it as Kim Jong undead. So people were like, is this guy a zombie? And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <That's his son. laughs> I'm sorry. That's that's that kind of funny. Actually, <laughs> I see. Yeah. Whoa. It's- it's a curse to the name, un undead, dead. Oh wow, the eulogy like, must be the eulogy must be terrifying to write if it's in English. Yeah. Right. But I think we need to talk about so North Korea is a very secretive nation. Like, you know, naturally if you wanna control the people and think things like you need to be, you know, like um No, definitely yeah, you gotta keep you your know. playing cards hidden all the time, yeah. Right. Isn't it so funny that even when you read about the leader's ages, everyone's like, Kim Jong-un is allegedly 30-something. It's like, you never actually know. Everything's just alleged. Like, that's insane. But I was researching how they actually trace Kim Jong-un and how they could see that he's at a hospital or whatever. And apparently he uses this special train. Then people just keep, like, flying drones over North Korean airspace and just look for the train. That is... That is crazy to hear about, especially because he's such an enigma as a leader, I think. Um, and yeah, just everything, everything about the things that he does and his relations to China, the US, South Korea. I can imagine that that's probably the most boring thing about his day. Just secretive trains, secret messages, secret codes going back and forth, you know, and Uh, What I read on the news was that it was U.S. intelligence that said that he wasn't doing well after heart surgery, allegedly. That's what I read on the, that was on the front page. You know what's really, like, I saw that he wasn't doing well after heart surgery. But then when you do research, you find that this is not the first time that Kim Jong-un has had health conditions that have required him 
to undergo procedures that leave him blind from the public eye. I think it was in 2014 that he was like smoking a lot and something happened. Of course, you never know what happened. And when he next emerged in public, he had a limp and people were like, hold up, you know, like you haven't seen this guy in a month and now he's here for his dad's birthday celebrations and now he's limping. What's happening? But but I think, and- I think what's really interesting is that we as, let's just say there's two worlds, there's North Korea and then there's the rest of us. And we're all looking into that country. And it's so fascinating how all of the stories about him, like that limp, like, why is he limping? What's going on? That, like, why is the whole world looking at that? You know, it's like such a weird, it's such a weird thing. It's, I get, it's like, and as much as they're secretive, why are we so skeptical? Like, why do we care? Kind of. Why do we care? You know, I understand why the US would care. Okay, actually, no, I, I would understand why a lot of governments would care. But I mean, something as, and it, it's funny because they're so secretive, so apprehensive to give out information and details and statistics that anything as little as, oh, he had bean soup this morning, that makes the news, you know, Th- yeah. that's what I find the funniest, you, you, you know, and with that, with that procedure or something in 2014, that actually provides a perfect segue into a movie that was going to be released by Sony. Mm-hmm. Um, in the U.S. that starred um, James Franco and Seth Rogen. You may have heard of it. It's called The Interview. And mm-hmm. Sony actually had to, they canceled the release. They canceled the box office opening and they only released it digitally. And then I believe it was leaked um, oh. to various online platforms as well. Do you know why? No, I've never actually heard of like I, I kept seeing the the movie poster for the interview and I kept like sensing that it had to do with North Korea because a lot of people randomly posted now, but I've actually never heard of the movie. So the movie is about it's a comedy about um this plot to assassinate King Jong un, right? Mm-hmm. And um th- people in North Korea were not happy about this. There is this, there was a hacker group and they self-identified themselves as the guardians of peace. And they leaked personal or like a lot of personal information, very sensitive information about all of the employees who are working on the movie or about the, about the highest executives at Sony Pictures. It was things like phone number, address, and even salary, you know, things like that, that they just, and they were basically threatening them to take the movie down because they believed it was blasphemous to the blasphemous. leader. You know, they gave me, right? me a perfect segue because I was Googling. I think I must disclose to the viewers that I saw information on Wikipedia and like, you know, everyone can edit that page. So if I'm inaccurate, just, you know, yeah. So I saw that apparently North Korea has a majority atheist population. And initially when I looked at it, I was like, wait, but all other oppressive regimes in history have been backed by a religious order, whether they, they tend to like take religious texts and then corrupt them into justifying whatever they're doing. And then when I was like, hold up, but North Korea's majority atheist, then I realized it's because you can't be having people praising another deity if there can only be one. So people are like it's blasphemous because really Kim Jong-un is really that person. Hey? Like when you watch documentaries, people have like, pictures like you know how you walk into christian homes and have like the cross or they have like the picture of jesus or whatever yeah like, they've got this picture of this man this mortal this man, man 
at a desk like... or standing with his father and that's in and the house like... and you know i've i i love watching the documentaries on youtube about people who go there about journalists who go there and it is quite sad to hear about the people that get stuck there and the things that happen to them but i just find it so interesting the dynamic that's that the population has when you pass the statue you have to bow you have to take a pause you have to bring they they tell the tourists the guides that you get they tell the tourists to bring flowers and leave it by the statues and the altars and you cut i mean just hearing that you're kind of getting this idea of what is the mentality what is what is going through these people's minds when they hear this name when they hear the names of their leaders i remember i used to uh... You know, back in the day in grade 10, when you just stayed up on YouTube till like three, made the regrettable decision to wake up at five, then went to school. And anyways, so I'll stay up on YouTube and I just be like binge watching all these North Korean videos. And like even the most miscellaneous one minute clip, I would watch it. And I remember I once, I think it was Vice, but I'm not sure because Vice usually has a lot of these kinds of things. But I think it was like they went to North Korea and they like took like the tourism you know, trip and they were allowed to record it, but they could not record outside of what the tour guide was like, okay, record. And it's like, ooh, they have to praise him. And then like in living rooms above the TV, his picture and you have to be like, oh my goodness, like he's amazing. Like he, he's basically like, you know, and it was so creepy. But on the Olympic panel, they recently, I think it's recent, well, it was recently in my YouTube feed. So I don't know what's happening there. But they recently recorded, I think they took two athletes, one of which was like a snowboarder, I forgot the other lady, and they basically ran the North Korea Marathon, which is the only event open to international athletes. And people run the marathon just for the sake of being in North Korea. But all of it is an honor to celebrate, like, the original... Oh, the, yeah, the leaders yeah. and all of it. Yeah, yeah his, father. Like, his father. <laughs> and his grandfather. Like, and then they hold a marathon, and they invite, like... um international people to come and a lot of people are like the only reason why the stadium fills is because people have never seen western people in that proportion yeah yeah that's that's absolutely crazy because they i can imagine the population um has to put on a show basically you know in um in 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 the capital city only the allegedly only the richest, only the wealthiest, can only the most educated, most successful people can live in the capital. And when visitors come, um, kids from school have to do dances for them during their trip. So they have to practice mm-hmm. and they have to put on this play. And they've just got to sing about how great the country is, how great and blessed that they are for their leaders. And living in South Africa, I cannot imagine doing that for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know, but it's quite funny how, um, you know, you know, like there's this quote by Karl Marx where he's he's like, um, religion is opium for the masses, and the first time yeah. I saw the quote, I thought he meant religion as like being Hindu or being Christian or being whatever, but now that I, I think I first saw the quote like two or three years ago, I think since I first saw it and now, I think when he says religion. It could literally be anything from your preferred political system to your preferred whatever. Like anything. Exactly. What you believe in. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, and it's literally, it's insane. But before I segue, you were talking about the Guardian's 
of peace. The guardians of peace, yeah. Where did that story end? Because I last remember you telling me that they hacked and they released info and they're like, this is blasphemous. And then I took us on the religion tangent. But now we're back. We're back on the ground. Uh, yeah, there was... um. So this hacker group and people from North Korea, they threatened, they, like, threatened terrorist attacks on Sony mm-hmm. and its people. And basically all of the... They released the, a hit list of the people mm-hmm. that were going to go and there were so many doubts and accusations about the whole thing it was such a long process there's a wonderful there is a documentary on youtube it's over 30 minutes long it's really well produced it basically summarizes the entire story in a very cinematic way about when the hackers when they when they knew that the hackers infiltrated the systems how they sneak attacked into everything and how they only found out days later and all of that. But it basically ended with um, Sony losing a lot of money. A lot and a lot of money. I believe one of the executives or one of the higher ups either resigned or was fired. And then um, Seth Rogen and James Franco, they didn't have, they didn't really have a good um, rating behind their name. That got swallowed up very quickly because they, they're, two of now the biggest um, actors now in the US. But the mm-hmm. whole thing ended with very, I don't know, it was it was just such a crazy incident. And it, it happened very, fairly recently. But I don't know, Sony, the movie's still out. I watched the movie, um, not going to say from where, but it is on. <laughs> I believe onion. Sony, no, um, Sony did provide an outlet for this movie to be shown and it's mm. such it's absolutely so funny but i can 100 percent understand why north korea would want to threaten the lives of the people in the u.s after watching that movie i, I really could understand why they wanted the movie not to play you know <laughs> um, <laughs> you know so, you put it as they not want the movie to be screened movie not to play <laughs> like no i i understand why they wanted to blow up the headquarters in California and everything. I'm not <laughs> condoning anything. I'm just saying I understand why <laughs> they would be angry. I understand why they would be angry. But um, Sony did just release it digitally. There was a limited theatrical release and then that was it. The Guardians of Peace, I believe nobody heard from them after that. It's only been six years. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, gotta keep, gotta keep North whole- Korea's, gr- yeah, gotta keep North Korea's great reputation, great Bro. reputation, even better, yeah. My problem so with you- this whole thing, oh here, my problem with this whole thing is, it's it's like you know if it's in North Korea because they don't have access to like Google, they have like their own internet things and whatever. Like in the same documentary, I think I watched the first time they go up to this girl university. And she's studying something to do with IT or computer science, but she's sitting at a computer in this like computer lab. And they're like, do you know what Facebook is? And she was like, what? So it's like, they don't have access to the normal internet, right? So who cares what the rest of the world is saying about them? Because the people aren't even going to find out in the first place. So my thing is, what was the point? If you see what I'm saying, like it was never going to make it into your borders. Kim Jong-un is going to be like, someone changed the code. Like, <laughs> never- No, I don't think it, no, no, no. I don't think it's that. It's 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 very simply 
power play and it's 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 all about super it's all about power and position and it's all about who has who controls the narrative because if this american production company sony pictures releases this mm. movie and it grosses billions at the, gro- at the at the box office north korea tourism is going to be like non-existent i'm not saying that it's going to have a direct impact but it it shows the country in a negative light in a comedic way so it's a really mm-hmm. fun movie to watch but you can you know i i think i understand why they wouldn't want to it's 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 a political thing you know mm-hmm. for for this for them to go so far as to threaten them threaten their lives the producers of the movie um and and the lives of their their families you know how deep this this was to them so to us i get what you're saying oh they're just cut out but they're still a country they participate mm-hmm. in normal country things you know <laughs> thing <laughs> they're not just this special <laughs> piece of land which which doesn't cooperate with things people live there people mm-hmm. eat there are you no. are you are you a spy do you not understand are you getting intel on the other side Every single time you hear about North Korea, either they're firing a missile or something, Kim Jong Un was, or Donald Trump was shaking. It's, it's like, and then like you know, during coronavirus, like during the very first few weeks of coming back from varsity, North Korea fired a missile. I'm like, for what reason? What are you trying to prove? Like, you know? And you see, you're talking about them, yeah. <laughs> exactly, but very interestingly, they I think last I checked, they still had zero cases of coronavirus, which makes sense because travel in and out is very restricted. But there is a North Korean airline that operates between North Korea and China. So my question is, were they able to stop those travels before the whole coronavirus thing? Because being a secluded country means you're going to accept anything that falls within your regime that can economically support you. So I doubt they were going to. like say oh no don't fly chinese people in because already defectors like they go into theater there's worms so my i guess my point is if defectors are typically already in bad condition i feel like if you're a leader and you know your people are suffering and like god well, i've got nothing more to lose you know corona yeah. and at the time yeah. and the time a lot of people were like oh the mortality is only 0.00 you know like in the first like three weeks and people were like most people are recovering yeah so yeah I, I, but I, you Okay, that Kim Jong-un had been like, no, don't fly in planes because I want to keep my people safe. So even the whole zero coronavirus thing, I'm like, is that really it? And then you're firing a missile during a pandemic? You think that you're strong? <laughs> What's happening? I, I, don't, I don't know if there's a relation. <laughs> I don't know if there's a relation between this whole missile action and the statistics, but um, I don't think you can trust every country's statistics. You can't be... You can That's like true. from an epidemiolo- epidemiological perspective you can only be so accurate with what you confirm to be a case like somebody mm-hmm. can have the virus but the viral load is just under the amount for them mm-hmm. to be considered a case even though they mm-hmm. have coronavirus you know I'm not mm-hmm. we're not going to go into the specifics here but um I don't if they say they have zero cases that's like a wow factor you know like oh nothing at all um mm. i can understand why that would make the news also couple that with the fact that it's north korea but i something you reminded me of something very interesting um north korea was releasing like news segments from their national news carriers okay. um online yeah and 
we were i was watching it and i and i don't know i really expected it to be something else there was this woman and she was just speaking in a very formal voice there were pictures of the cities that were being cleaned and it was just empty people social distancing people wearing masks there was no music in the background no flashy headlines or anything i think there was just one strip at the bottom then a picture of the leaders on the right or something and she was just explaining oh the facts just the facts of coronavirus the statistics what it means and what you should do and i'm like wait a second is north korea is north korea news media a better source of information than cnn that's what i was feeling at the time mm, um, i get you because you know, you know i think when you say cnn let's just say american American news channel that is very partisan and they like to all act like they're not partisan. So it's best to watch CNN and also watch a little bit of Fox because you're never going to see the whole story if you watch the one, hey? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Oh, gotta trust your good old SABC3. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Okay. E-news, But yeah. Going back to Kim Jong-un being possibly dead or as other headlines wanted to put it in a vegetative state, Mm. The next in line or the probable next in line would be Kim Yo Jong or Kim Yo Jong I'm not quite sure you pronounce it but his um, she, yes she's basically mm. his sister First of all I just like to say to our viewers if you have the time please just google her look at her face look at her cheekbones they will slice your eyes open anyways <laughs> I just uh. like but if you look at her whole thing like the way things are happening is interesting because people are now debating if a male led dynasty is going to allow a female to take control but you try and look at other qualified males and you try and look at the fact that the dynasty is hereditary and nobody else steps up to the plate because Kim Jong Un's um children I think are still fairly young so yeah it's quite interesting but you look at their background and i found out <coughs> that when they were younger they were moved to switzerland they were they learned german they used fake names and they got through the early stages of school in that way then they attended a university in north korea where kim yo young or kim young un's sister did computer science so she did not study any like formal politics after she studied computer science but putting her in like you know comrade deployment kind of thing where it's kind of like okay we'll put you in a small back job in that principality then you prove yourself then you make you the head of marketing and actually the head of propaganda like Joseph Kobel <laughs> head of propaganda wow <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so that's how she made her ascent and she's actually the person responsible for maintaining Kim Jong's and Kim Jong Un's image in North Korea But it's so mm. interesting because people are now like okay so we've seen two males you're telling us the third one's going to be a female and honestly I don't know like I would just like to see how this is going to unfold Korea always always something to say about the country that nobody knows anything about I'm going to make a very minor tangent and I'm actually going to restrict myself to 30 seconds because I feel like we could go ad nauseum about it but I'm going to try and hold it back so you are like social experiment And then it just clicked in my mind that Elon Musk thinks we live in a simulation, which is technically a social experiment. And you know, these concepts that love up. Oh, and then you see Elon Musk was like, "Free the Americans," and you were like, "What?" But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of his Twitter. I'm sorry, I just I can't help but laugh. Yeah. So speaking of death. There is a website called TikTok Death. Rahul, please tell us about the website. Wait. Oh, no, okay. So the domain is tiktokdeath.com and it's a TikTok 
death counter. And when I found this out, I was so shocked at myself because I just took it as if it was just Google, the web search engine. I was not surprised, not shocked at all. This goes into detail. It provides links. It tells you whether something was a death, an injury, if it was a stunt, which country it came from, the date that it happened. I want to know the group that's that's monitoring this, firstly. Um, <laughs> most of these, you know, most of these, most of these are coming from the US, the UK, India, and Australia. And that's not surprising because they have the highest users. Oh, and China as well. But TikTok is mm-hmm. technically a separate TikTok is separately a, a technically a separate app in China, but it's the same app. But that's a different story. Yeah. But I just I don't know. TikTok has become such a big phenomenon. Who hasn't spoken about it in a mainstream kind of way? I just thought this was mad that you can actually go on here. And the number, and you can look at this number, 52, and it represents like people that aren't here anymore because of something that you downloaded from the Play Store or App Store. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's really interesting. It's, it's, it's important to note that a lot of these came from challenges. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. a lot of them came from suicides, from TikTok oh, bullying, yeah. from TikTok bullying, which is just heartbreaking, honestly. Like with the challenges, a lot of them were injuries that led to death at the hospital. But a lot of them were premeditated videos for people taking their own life. And it's all because of the cyberbullying and all of that. It's actually, it's actually a lot to take in. Like we discussed this script beforehand. And I mean, like, I, I've heard this before, but it's kind of like, you say it again, it's like, yo, someone actually it's, died because yeah. you were not considerate in the comments. Like, think about that before you go stand in the comments, guys. If you don't have nice things, just don't speak. Exactly. Well, yeah, this, especially because <laughs> on social media, like, I know, so we had online orientation last week, and it's like, you just, you just breathed into the mic. Anyway, <laughs> so we had this whole... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I sighed whole... into the mic. <laughs> I heard it and I was like what so we had like this whole um, orient- like remote orientation thing and they gave us like these packages and like social etiquette things and they were like just avoid sarcasm on the forum because you may be aiming to be funny but then someone's like not doing the best and then they read it and they're like oh my goodness this is horrible whereas like if you're in a real life people can see your facial expression so they know that your intention is humor so like the advice that we've been given is like just don't say anything that can be misconstrued unless you're on a video call and unless you're in a personal capacity, not as a student in a tech group, you know? That and is it's very so, good advice. <laughs> wow. It's, it's really, it's true because when you go on the Instagram comments and you're commenting something that you think is funny, even though it might hurt someone, I'm assuming people don't intend to hurt people, even though I know they do. It's like, you can't see the facial expression. And so the way the comments is going to be like constructed or perceived is dependent on the person's like mood. You know what I mean? And it's like social media is so dangerous because there's no face. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to have the guts to go up to someone and be like, you look really ugly today because it's just a few types and you press send and it's over. Unlike when you're staring someone in the face and you're like, do I actually want to say that though? You know what I mean? And I feel like it Mm. makes it so easy people to then prey on other people whether intentionally or unintentionally and then take those deaths 
but <laughs> yeah then unfortunately it ends up in that um you're right it's it's all about anonymity and i think people feel like they have power when they mm-hmm. don't have a face and they can elicit these kind of feelings to other people if you think about people who who intend to spread hate messages they they are mm-hmm. in this complex where they they feel powerful and if that's taken away from them what are they you know they also have to be looked at as something's wrong with you as well dude um but i think what Let's you said the advice that you gave you know the you, bullying complex you want to talk about yeah. it oh, I, I okay feel i wouldn't plan it but <laughs> i just i can't avoid it like you know how people always like bullies are just people who are hurt so then they're like maybe they went through something maybe they got bullied or whatever or things at home are yeah, nice so that's why they bully they, they kind of inflict the pain on others that they don't have to suffer it alone but my thing mm-hmm. is like i don't know dude like everybody goes through a lot of things in life but i'm just like to inflict another i think people respond differently but it's just very interesting how someone who's mean to you for no um justifiable reason like you know let's say you did something to make someone angry and they said a few bad words not to say that they should be exempt from punishment but if, if there's context you can kind of like see you know what i mean so someone just exactly up yeah and they do these things and it's kind of like it's so funny how they're only hurting you because deep down inside things are going left hey <laughs> yeah exactly i think but, it's a very it's a that's a very complex thing that's a very layered thing to especially in children if you think about it and um i think what's what's interesting is adult, what's interesting is adult bullies you know the 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 perceived alpha types that yes. that are, i don't know i saw the study from a psychology journal and it was about um adult bullies in the workplace and how the mentality from childhood isn't much very different to how they bully or assert dominance in the workplace to make up for something you know as a as a way to cope with something and i thought that's really interesting because this isn't just a thing that you grow out of bullying isn't an inherently young people thing you know it's been around as long as our species has been around communication insults hurting people with either physically or with words that is very interesting I just love segways. You know, Rahul, in my tech groups, I do, especially if a UCT medical student is listening, especially in PBL, especially last year, like we'd be talking about Jean Piaget's developmental stages. I'd be like Michael Jackson anyways. So with social media bullying, right, I came across this story of a girl who committed suicide and then when they tried to find the reason because she didn't leave a, like a suicide note, they like went through her phone data and they found that she was getting cyber bullied. But when they tracked the IP addresses of all the comments, they came from her internet devices. So she was actually self-bullying. Uh, she left, wait, so she left eight comments on her so, You know how her you can just own... emails and then make more social media accounts and then go to your actual accounts and then just like leave hate comments? I don't know that but it's possible sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just said it like it was. Okay, I'm hypothesizing that's what happened. I don't remember the exact details of the case, but I know that at face value it wasn't obvious that it was her and it was actually yeah. her. So some people that I discussed the case with 
felt that she wanted an alibi, that maybe she was too ashamed of the real reason or she felt she was weak. And so she wanted a reason for people to be like, oh, this is exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. That's a that's a valid hypothesis. Um, do you think maybe she, this kind of, like, maybe this ties in with um, her wanting to be the a, a victim. Like, she victimizes herself because she couldn't have, she couldn't just deal with not being accepted or something or something very general like that. It could have been I something think, like that. I mean, it's I pretty extreme. I know, okay, so suicide and self-harm are two different things, but mm. they're, I feel like they're very intentional ways of inflicting pain or absence, if you know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of people need to tell of self-harmers that they're just attention seekers. And I feel like people take attention seeking in the wrong way. Like, what I mean is that I think people misconstrue attention-seeking. They tend to make it a bad thing. It's like, oh, she did this because she's an attention-seeker. And I have this hypothesis that attention-seeking actually isn't a bad thing. And it might actually be a valid theory to explain some behaviors that accompany their psychological states. I think it could Mm -hmm. just, I'm hurting, I need help, but I just don't know how to say I'm not okay. And I don't think people should criminalize those things because... People go through a lot, hey? So you can't just be like, oh, you're an attention seeker and dismiss it. If you're willing to use attention seeker as a way of describing that the person couldn't find a way of expressing themselves otherwise or tried to and was left traumatized as a result of not having the resources or the people or the support available to them, it's different. But if you're using it as a slander, I don't necessarily agree, if you see what I'm saying. I, I understand where you're coming from, but I think it's, but you're only speaking about one facet of the when people use the word attention seeking because the, a person can do things that is that can be conceived perceived as outly positive or brutish or like they're bragging and then that could also be considered attention seeking when they want people to know about what's going on in their life regardless mm-hmm. of whether it's good or bad what you're talking about specifically is that psychological state, is that um, inability to communicate how one properly feels. And then on the other side, it's just attention-seeking doesn't really have... It's The weight of the word changes depending on the context, if you get what I mean. If we're speaking in, in your context, it's like a very important word we should focus on. But if we're speaking in the other context where people post Instagram photos and they're just like, look at my vacation and you call them attention seekers, that doesn't really do harm. But I can definitely Mm -hmm. understand how the word can be criminalized and not taken seriously because when somebody identifies someone who may be attention seeking because they're unable to communicate their feelings, I think that's a good sign to them that they should reach out. Mm-hmm. I get you there. Yeah, it does. It does. It definitely does change in context. <coughs> context is a lot here. Like always, every time people are telling me, I'm like, but context, <laughs> context. So no, yeah, things things don't exist in in space and time all on itself. Things exist in a system, in a pathway, with other things. You can't just be, and then that's it. 
you know, in a very philo- in a very phil- philosophical way of saying things. Um, you know, we're speaking about human nature, we're speaking about how people perceive things and wonder about things. And I was wondering, I've been seeing a lot of reports about the climate change, carbon emissions, wildlife, okay. quote unquote, returning to, to, to the cities. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm worried about something called self-licensing. Do you know what self-licensing is? No, I'm interested to see to hear about it though. Okay, so I'm going to use an analogy, not part of the context of this. Um, so let's say somebody is replacing the light bulbs in their house. They have the old incandescent light bulbs, and they replace all the light bulbs with LED energy efficient light bulbs. Okay, what might end up happening is because they've replaced all the light bulbs in their house with the energy efficient ones, they might leave them on longer, not care to put them off because they feel in their mind there's a comp- that's a compensation. So they actually mm-hmm. end up using more electricity, you know, emitting more carbon emissions than than they would otherwise and that's what self-licensing is it's it's that it's rationalizing that misuse of behavior not in those exact words but that's the concept basically and people think that i've spoken about this before but people think that just because animals are coming into the streets that's not necessarily any kind of indication of the improvement of the ecology of nature if anything, that is dangerous for people, that is dangerous for the animals themselves. You know, it's not a familiar place. They don't have any access to food, shelter, water than they normally would have. These are cities, concrete, glass, and, and steel made for people, not made for wildlife. And um, with our reduction of carbon emissions, I feel like people are going to go out now and live more lavishly to make up for the fact that we've been living very simple lives um, and they're going to basically live lavish lifestyles and, and, and the climate situation will be far exceeded what, what, what it could be. That's basically the point I wanted to make. Is people are basically saying, oh, because of coronavirus shutdowns, like Mother Nature has healed. And then when they go back outside, they're going to be like, I've been locked up for three months. Yeah. I Mother Nature like- hasn't healed, though. You know, my, exactly. Mother Nature hasn't, like, I, just because of the carbon decrease, that's good. Don't, don't get me wrong. Fantastic. Decreasing carbon emissions, that's great. But just because animals, just because you can see animals outside your window, and just because the water's cleaner doesn't mean the doesn't mean the industrial sector has slowed down. It doesn't mean that we don't pump as much carbon dioxide into the air. It doesn't mean that we don't farm as many animals. This doesn't mean that the space for agriculture has just halved. All of that, what we don't see, what we don't see that contributes, that's still happening. So in no way at all is this coronavirus helpful to to mother nature at all if anything it's just scaring humans it's giving us an absolutely horrible time vibes aren't good i to sum it up <laughs> vibes aren't good. vibes aren't good it's, it's hectic yeah hectic what do you what do you mm, what do you think about people who 
I describe them as anti anti human. They're just like you know, let the coronavirus take over Earth. Humans are the disease. Humans are the real virus. Um, we don't deserve to be here. And I, I have opinions about that. But you can you can go first. You know, it's really interesting because I know you're vegetarian originally for like spiritual or religious reasons. But over the years, I've kind of watched it develop into more an ethical decision that you've decided to maintain. Even though I feel you could have had the yeah. option of just like, oh, I'm not into this. So it's interesting mm. to hear because one assumes that. Okay, not, let me not say one. Let me not be vague. I assume, I assumed that people who are vegetarian and or vegan are gonna be like, oh my goodness, you see what you guys have done. Like Mother Nature is gonna be like, you know. I assumed that like everyone, yeah. I, I rounded everybody up stupidly enough, and I was like, everybody who made the decision is gonna like blame the rest of the world. So it's very interesting coming from you. That no, it's actually not like that, firstly. And secondly, I never actually gave the idea thought of people being anti-human. Because when people are anti-human, it's so easy to disguise as being pro-climate, if you know what I mean. And people always just it, like precisely. saying, you have to speak to the issue so you can trample the rest. So, mm. how do I feel? I think, okay, let me be honest. Initially... When coronavirus hit SA, things became real. Like in the first two weeks, I had the mind space to acknowledge those arguments. But as soon as things became more serious and it became clear that this is actually not a, it's not a, how do I say this? People make it sound as if the coronavirus is a win for the environment and a loss for humans. And really, it's just a loss on both sides, if you see what I'm saying. Like it, it, it spread from the bat, assumedly spread from the bat microbiome and it's currently human human transmission but you have cases of it possibly going to animals it's like how do i say this it's like i think now that i'm thinking about it i have in the first two weeks entertained those arguments at length and then as soon as the case numbers started rising just kind of shut them off because it kind of felt as if they were saying human lives who it's somebody's sister somebody's grandmother somebody's father somebody's mother it's fine because you're horrible anyway it felt like it was being rounded up and the totality of the mm. situation wasn't being acknowledged so i kind of just tuned out of the whole climate arguments like two or three weeks ago and it's like i would entertain a few headlines here and there and i would read about things and i would share that like oh look the animals are back on the street but i never really went in depth it was kind of like just grazing it and being like oh this is cute post it you know it was never i mean just reading and reading and acknowledging what people have <laughs> because it got to a point where the arguments were just a bit nauseating if you get what i'm saying like you know when oh i 100 percent get people, that yeah like, yeah people are really like yo like when people really like bang the drum and it's like yo no that's enough now not to say them bad it, it, and i think mm-hmm. the reason why i didn't really write about it or like entertain felt that if i was like this is actually a lot people be like you're a bad person you just want the like the leaf to die it's like okay. not actually <laughs> <laughs> i totally now that you now that you framed the whole scenario like that i totally get what you're saying yeah i think i think we because <laughs> to for people people who are anti-human or whatever 
um there you, you can't just be one thing you're a you're a bunch of things tied into to one box but people who say that we we need to leave the earth and the earth would be better without us i don't i don't ever understand the argument because i know that a tree is growing whether or not we're were alive if you mm-hmm. get what i'm saying whether or not an intelligent species such as our own has dominated the planet nature thrives regardless so why would you want to remove us from a situation where we can improve ourselves where we can study where we can and enrich our lives be one with nature be one with each other i don't understand the argument cuz people are like oh let's just all leave and i'm like that's a lazy lazy argument okay. that's not even a real argument that's a lazy statement for you not wanting to think about how we can reduce human activity reduce human impact it's not impossible oh. it's not impossible okay. at all initially yeah. when you were like an intelligent species that dominated the earth i was like whoa i have a counter i have a counter madam madam speaker and then you finished <laughs> <laughs> and then you finished and you were like it's the lazy argument for us avoiding that we could actually change our behavior and i was like oh okay i see what you mean i think we can yeah. that well that we're intelligent species that has had the ability to dominate the planets but as much as we've used our intelligence to dominate the planets we can also use it to minimize the damage that we do there eh, that we do to it and that just say that we should all just die is actually a lazy argument like just everyone die it is. you haven't even explored- think about it and the you know you haven't even explored other options like mm-hmm. every literally a million other things honestly i can under i again i'm go- i always sympathize with both sides i really can understand sometimes when people make the argument that humans are just scum of the earth shouldn't be here nature's better without them and i'm like dude you do you do you care that much about those things happening in the environment do you care that much about the environment where you can say humans should be mm. not be a part of it because we are a part of every single community we habit. Hmm. So I I I so for me it's baffling. I can't argue for that because I don't see the counter argument. But I'll end it there. I'll end it there. I think that's It it, it I'm yeah, just so cool. like I never really thought of it like I it just <clears throat> wow. Like you don't even get sucked into the mainstream arguments and then somebody like opens the blindfolds and you're like oh my goodness it's so bright in this room that's exactly how i feel yeah yeah wow. no i get that it's it's a it's a it's a very interesting argument it 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 touches it touches on everything from morality politics unity human endeavors our species evolution it's too much to delve in the scope is beyond this podcast but <laughs> on 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 the notes of nature and ecosystems you were telling me about a tree <laughs> i know so interesting you were telling me about a tree i was acting interested i wasn't really listening please re-explain okay, so, this, so that okay this is okay so i saw one of those really those really well ordered fact instagram uh, pages where they look reliable but the facts are like really is this really real oh i love you those know? i love those when the fonts when the fonts are randomly colored and Dude. like words and bold and <laughs> pictures not relevant to the situation i love those yeah i could scroll through those endless so i saw this thing that like there's this tree that owns itself 
So the tree grew in an inconvenient place and people wanted to cut it, but then nobody could cut it because it owned itself. So nobody could go to like another person and be like, can I cut this tree? Because it owned itself. And you can't just be like to a tree, can I cut you down? Because it's not going to respond. And there's no way you can yeah, cut how... a tree. <laughs> so nobody the tree, tree can't give... Like... <laughs> the tree can't give consent to that be is... cut down. That is insane. Wow. It's... it's just amazing because it was, okay, initially I was like, what? You know? But then it's kind of like you look at the way humans give themselves a license to mm. inflict harm on nature. So I don't know how to say it. Actually, I know exactly what I want to say. I feel like we shouldn't be against the betterment of humans, but we should also weigh up the damage that we do to the earth. And we need to decide at this, this stage if the damage that we do to the earth is worth it. And if it is worth it, is there a way that we can lessen it or is there a way we can kind of... Um, reverse it Talk around reversing, it yeah, yeah reversing things oh very tricky it's better to avoid in the first place but sunday and i finished up the conversation it was getting a little bit lengthy we thank you so much for listening this is the end of episode four yeah. we had an absolutely wonderful time it was recording it Asande, do you have any final parting words? I don't know. I just like having conversations with you because it's like, I'll say one thing and you're like, but actually, and I'm like, well, I never thought about that. And the reason I started podcasts is because I'm like, we have these conversations. That's so great, Asande. You know what I mean? You're describing a dialogue. I'm so happy you understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We shall see you soon. next time in the next episode. Very, very soon. If you like the podcast, if you like the series, Please share it with your friends, your family. Um, Send us a message. Your neighbors even send us a message through the Anchor app. If you have any comments, Um, get us on social media and like and share the podcast if you did like it. Thank you so much and goodbye. Thank you. Bye, everyone.